Yes, a very good afternoon, evening, everyone. We're 24 hours away from the start of the AFL final series for 2022. And, of course, tomorrow you'll hear it right here on SEN, right through the network. It is Brisbane against Richmond. The drive program tomorrow actually will be early because we're taking the footy and the preview. So I'll be on from 2 to 3 tomorrow to bring you the latest just before the run home with Hayes and Mardo. And because of that, I've brought him in on a Wednesday because of the AFL action starting on a Thursday night, the first of four finals across the weekend, culminating with the Fremantle Dockers Western Bulldogs match that will be here at Optus Stadium on Saturday night. Uh, my AFL expert, Kim Hagdorn, a very Hello. good afternoon to you. Hello, Peter. How are you? And uh, do you start to get a bit excited? Yourself yeah, I'm looking forward to it, actually. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it's going to be... And when you look at all the eight games, or four games mm. in the eight teams, mm. they've all got a claim on possibly winning it. I think Melbourne still, and Sydney still, is you're an still interesting com- You still I'm subscribe not, to that with the 5th, 6th, 7th and 8th? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not dismissive of Brisbane as a lot of people are at the moment. Okay. And the Gabba, you've always got to give them uh, an outside chance. I think Melbourne will be too strong for Sydney, but Sydney have been uh, at their best very, very good. Mm. And then you've got, of course, Geelong and Collingwood. I think Geelong will start favourites, but who can, of course... Uh, say that Collingwood haven't got an opportunity to win that. And, of course, free on the Western Bulldogs. And the Bulldogs will come here very hungry. Yeah, I think one of the big developments uh, has today has followed... It's probably not going to overshadow the loss of Nathan Fife. I think when Fife was out yesterday, Peter, during your time, just mm. after 5 o'clock yesterday afternoon, it was established that Nathan Fife would miss... I think there's a lot of sadness about this too because the guy's been through a lot. Um, I... I I hope that Fremantle have the network around Nathan Fife. This would have to cause some mental anguish. You know, I mean, you think of put yourself in the same position, no matter what sort of level of sport you're playing, you haven't played in a big final since 2015. You've then won Brownlow medals. You've, you've carried the club. You're the senior player, one of the biggest brands in the country in sport, let alone the AFL, and you break down just four days out. And he hasn't played a final, Nathan Fife, since 2015. He's been through – he's only played the seven games this season. Mm. We've all been on his back. Is he like he was? Um, I think I, – I, I hope he's okay. Uh, and, and I hope they've got good people around him to help Nathan Fife through. This would be traumatic. You'd be shattered if you had to admit, oh, but bloody, my hammy's gone. I've done everything right. I've, I've done – I've worked on it. So I, 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 I reckon there's a lot of sadness about what happened with Nathan Fife when this was announced last night. It was really big news. It was the biggest news for the finals so far. And I still think it's a bigger story. But I think, Peter, what's more influential in terms of what can happen in this particular game, Fremantle and the Bulldogs on Saturday night, is Tom Liberatore's mm. absence now. I think – Also a hamstring. Yeah, given – what Nathan Fife is battling through, and given how we've been debating at some stages, even is he still in their best 22? He was going to play forward, probably at the expense of Matt Taberner, even though Matt Taberner's now close to playing. You can't fit Taberner, Fife, Lobb coming back, and Logal into the same forward mix. We, we, I think we agreed on that mm. now. Uh, but the loss of Tom Liberatore, I think, is too found and too pronged. Because clearly, he's one of their best clearances players, one of their best possession-winning players. I think he's uh, averaging something like 25 possessions a game, 13 contested balls, and seven clearances a game. I mean, that's that's competition highest sort of uh, level. So he's a big loss because also he'd be a tagger 
for Sarong or Brayshaw. Now, they mm. haven't got that. And I don't know where the Bulldogs can turn now in terms of that type of player who can be around the congestion, win enough of his own ball, and yet, oh, by the way, same same token, I'm, that player's limiting a playmaker like a Brayshaw or a Sarong. So I, I, I think he's a far more impacting loss to the Bulldogs than even Nathan Fife to Fremantle. And this is what Luke Beveridge said on Liver today. Liver, I know you've got stuff better than me. It's got out done. We're hoping that... Um, Selection dudes, but uh, he had name streets last week, and uh, he got through the whole session. But uh, post we uh, did some investigations, and he won't play this week, unfortunately. Uh, and then, yeah, we get through, it'll be touching go beyond that. But, uh, anyway, we're coming to uh, yeah, no doubt on one of those Zoom meetings. Who was recording that? It sounded yeah. as though they were out in the corridor. Yeah, so he was with on their phone on it, it wasn't getting a good reception. Yeah, but he's saying he certainly <laughs> won't play this week, no. and he's even doubtful uh, the following week well, if they get through. Let's develop the Nathan Fife one as well. Um, Fremantle didn't seem to put a timeline on it. I think now that th- there's a bit of anticipation that it might not be more than a week or two on the back of what Justin Longmuir has said, where it's a low-end hamstring mm. and it rules him out for this week. I don't get the impression Fremantle have actually put a timeline on it. They're not sort of saying, oh, it's only a one-week. It can't be a one-week injury with no. Nathan Fife. With a lot of other players... Yeah, maybe two, but Fife's history now, and he has to be guarded, has to be uh, looked after, I think, emotionally and certainly professionally and physically uh, through, through, through the medication and treatment he'll get in the next couple of weeks. But even he has to be really doubtful for the following week for, for assuming Fremantle will get through, which means then he's got to be in somewhat of a doubt for the entire series because he becomes a massive story. Let's say they win this week. Yeah. The biggest interest out of this town and probably the whole competition next week Day after day, minute after minute, every public presence of Fremantle personnel, whether it be the coach, chief executive, or a borderline player, you know, a Bailey Banfield is their regular uh, sub. It's going to be, oh, how's Fifey tracking? Yeah, but aren't we kidding ourselves? Don't we put a line through him for the finals, Hags, with his hamstring? I don't think they can because of who he is. Yeah, but because, and realistically, gonna... there should be a line through his his name. He won't get up or you'll be nowhere near 100% fit to play in a week as pointed out by Luke Beveridge, there's a slight hamstring to Libba. He struggles with this week. He reckons he'll be doubtful the following week. There's, there's a bit of similarities there, oh, wouldn't you? In fact, there's more than similarities. I mean, Liberatore's played 22 games this season. Liberatore's a, a shorter man. Liberatore hasn't been through what Nathan Fyfe's been through over the last, what, say 15 months, mm. for instance, to get back in to be available to play. Fyfe's played just seven games this season, as we know. So this is probably supporting your argument, Peter, or your, your beliefs. He's played just one game since round 19. Now, and round 19 is when he did his hamstring against Richmond. Round 18, he had that poor game against Sydney. He got through the game, though, 15 yeah. possessions, just the one kick. So by the finals week two, Fife will have played just one poor game, one poor game against GWS in nearly eight weeks. So it's a massive risk with anyone. But it's your captain. He's got a proven ability to recover. He's so disciplined that he will do all the re- medical requirements and then he'll train and he'll appear as though he's ready. His training performance on Saturday morning, in my opinion, training and then match simulation, yeah. was grossly exaggerated. It wasn't that impressive. It's interesting uh, also when you look at his stats, Hags, uh, and I believe he in the seven games that he played, mm-hmm. he massed about 37 kicks and doubled yeah, that yeah. in handball. So he was conscious 
He was conscious of his legs, wasn't he? Absolutely. The fact that he was handballing all the time. And that's why I'm thinking, regardless of when Justin Longmuir speaks again, I'm not sure if he's due for another press conference before Saturday, but I reckon the question will be asked, when, if they win on Saturday, will Nathan be available next week? They need to jump on it early and not let it fester during next week if they're victorious. Well, my reaction to that is, because it's Nathan Fife, because of what he's been through, because there'll also be some duty of care now. There should be well-being in this. They won't rule him out. They have to. No, they should, I think, is more what you know, what I'd like to respond to you with, Peter. Yeah. I think they should, but they won't because it's Nathan Fife. He will think he can get up. Okay. Well, give us your thoughts. And given that last night, as, as recent as just, you know, 25 or six hours ago, Justin Longmuir has said, oh, it's, our information is it's low-level hamstring. That's the first step. In, in, in defending and assisting Nathan Fife to make an attempt to be fit for week two of the final. One of the legends of AFL footy is Luke Hodge. This is what he said in Melbourne on Nathan Fife missing. But, yeah, he's just got to do. He's got to put his own disappointment beside him and behind him and just go and help what he can with this younger team because you look at their team, they've still got the Brayshaw, Sharong, Brody, uh, Schultz. Like they've got these good young players who... Two years ago, we're probably sitting back going, oh, they've got a long time to develop. But he's got to try and teach these guys or help these guys as much as he possibly can because without him early in the year, they were sitting second and third. So we know that they can play quality football. Um, They've just got to look past it. The skipper won't be there. And the other guys just have to stand up. Luke Hodge on SEN in Melbourne uh, this he's morning. He's incredibly astute, uh, Luke Hodge. I look with no disrespect to many of the other experts and particularly the, the, the crew that SEN have have put together, they've got some of the absolute doyens. But uh, whenever Luke Hodge speaks, you, you just think, gee, there's some sense there, you know, yeah. and he puts it so articulately. But what I would like to suggest, <laughs> he's going to sound as I'm challenging the great Luke Hodge now. I mean, he, he touched it on himself. When they won, when, 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 when Fremantle won, what, nine out of their first ten, mm-hmm. and it was against some of our expectation, I've got to confess, I didn't think they'd win that many. thought they'd be there and thereabouts with the draw that they had. It was without Nathan Fife. And in the last few weeks, Nathan Fife extremely doubtful about getting up. Was he playing? He wasn't playing well. I reckon Fremantle are just brazen, brazen with a newfound confidence that's coming from Caleb Sarong. He's 21 years of age. He's played 56 games. Andrew Brayshaw, he's not as brazen, I don't think, as Sarong is, but he's 22. He's played 98 games. Sean Darcy, very confident that oh, no, now's the time. We're, we're not going to be worrying about not talking about finals, not talking about premierships. We're embracing the time. He's 24 and, and a premier ruckman, premier big man in the competition. Hayden Young's 21. He's played 33 games, and yet he's been talked about as just a potential gun from down the back line. Heath Chapman, he's 20. Mm. He's 21. Jordan Clark, I mean, I'm surprised he's only 21. He plays with such maturity and he's so important. I could keep naming boys in this group. Griffin Logue, 24. Schultz, 24. Uh, Brandon Walker's 19. And he's played 29 games. There's a brazen confidence with these boys that I think will clearly overcome the loss of Nathan Fife and clearly could have carried, like it or not, 
could have carried Nathan Fife through Saturday night. Okay, and before we take a break and come back with it and kick it off with Brisbane and Richmond tomorrow night and go through all the finals, and uh, come and join us on the Tempera Bedsheet text line. Mike has already. We'll get to you in a moment, Mike. Zero uh, four eight seven seven three six seven three six. I've opened uh, the Tempera Bedsheet text line and also the Scarborough Toyota open line thirteen twelve fifty five. So Fife is out. Was going to play predominantly forward if he was available. Matt Tabernard, there is still speculation he could play for Peel on Sunday against Swan mm, Districts. Mm. So Rory Lobb comes in. But then if he played for Peel on Sunday, mm. it's only a six-day break if he's required to play the following Saturday. Saturday. I'd be surprised at that. But he needs some work. He's, okay. He hasn't played any. So I'm saying when you look at the conditions, and I said to you before he came in, checking mm. the forecast when it's issued by the Bureau at 20 past four every day, there's not going to be as much rain as was forecast early in the week when we're looking up to 15 mils. Now it's somewhere between four and six. So, and predominantly will be in the in the morning. So the night when it gets underway at 10 past six, mm. it'll be a fast track. Mm. And I think looking at Freo and the way they are likely to line up Hags, they've got to run. They've got to oh. run at the Western Bulldogs defence. They've got to use speed rather than what they've done at times when they've been caught out bombing the ball long, hoping for the big contested mark. However, let's harp back again. We've done this a little bit. Um, there, there's lots of those. I totally agree. Absolutely totally agree that they've got to play their faster, their best game. And I think also that that's what I've got here. I'm looking at preparing for this mm. this type of discussion. I think we've even got a couple of texts already that are looking at this particular game. And this is where it becomes good fun, I reckon. I'm glad there's no teams out yet because I'm still speculating yeah. on what I think will be matchups. But Bulldogs must look too. Curb the two-way running of Brayshaw and Sarong. Now, Liberatore gone. I'm not so sure they're going to do that so easily. So who do they turn to to be able to do that? Does Josh Dunkley have to be more attentive to the likes of a Brayshaw or a, a Sarong, for instance? The other one is limit the run from defence. So if the Bulldogs are going to be in this game, then they've got to curb. So I'm looking at it from a Bulldogs point of view and conversely what Fremantle can do to win this game and win it the way they win it at their best. It's Jordan Clark and Hayden Young. Jordan Clark particularly from running the ball out of defence. And also, they, they have to, the Bulldogs have to tighten up on the likes of Lobb and Logan Walters and, not, and Schultz and not give them too much free space because you look back to the round 21 game, that wasn't as quick a game as what Fremantle ha- have, have sort of set their tone at for this year, Peter. That, that was the game when they just, they just set them up with uh, the, 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 the possession game. I mean, at, 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 at half time, Fremantle had 73 uncontested marks because they slowed the game down and they, they frustrated the Bulldogs because the Bulldogs are such a high-possession game. They love to handle high-possession game. Fremantle, number one in the competition, and the Bulldogs, number four in the competition, but uh, and handballs, Bulldogs, number two, at 159 uh, handballs a game. Fremantle, number one, with 165. But Fremantle slowed that game down by maintaining possession. And then they finished up with over the 14 goals, I think, from memory, just quickly, the 14 goals they kicked that that particular afternoon, evening under the roof in, in Melbourne were from set shots mm. because they'd retained the ball and cleverly got it into good position. And Rory Lobb had the big game. Remember the 4-2 right. from seven kicks? Yeah. That's the blueprint for Fremantle is retain possession and starve the Bulldogs of their running game. And they, they, they love it. But with, with Liberatore out, I, I just think that they might not – they will struggle to actually get that game going. Okay. And also I'd love you to get on the text line, who are the two most – important players, the key players for Fremantle on Saturday night. Give us your thoughts. We'll come to the texts and we'll also uh, look at the other games as well. Don't go away. We've got some news also in Junior Rioli to discuss 
and the latest on Luke Jackson, which is a, an evolving situation, let me tell you. That's Every coming time up. we come to air, this something yeah. new, isn't it? So we'll discuss uh, the latest uh, story, the latest chapter on Luke Jackson and uh, where Junior Rioli is at as well for Eagles fans. 15 past five, uh, this is Drive with Peter Vlaus and Kim Hagnon on a Wednesday. All thanks to Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, come and join us on the Temperate Bedshed text line. That number again, if you'd like to join us, uh, 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. We have brought the uh, normal Thursday get-together with uh, Kim Hagdon forward to Wednesday. We'll be broadcasting the... Uh, First of the four finals tomorrow night, the elimination final between Brisbane and also Richmond on whatever radio station or network you are currently listening to the drive program. The drive program tomorrow will be early at two o'clock in the afternoon leading in to the run home with Hayes and Mardo. Let's go to Lisa who's joined us. Uh, we've got some news that we we're about to touch on and I believe Lisa's going to touch on it as well. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Hi, Pete. Hi, Kim. Yeah, Hi, not too bad. Um, I've hit a bit of a brick wall today, Pete. Why? I'm hoping I haven't got I'm hoping I haven't got COVID. But anyway, all good. Well, you only have to stay inside for five days now. <laughs> and and, yeah. and there's and there's Albert. four big games of AFL footy for you to watch if you're stuck inside. Yeah, I know, and and all, all the AFL um, W too. Yeah. Um, firstly, firstly, just on five. Um, I think the Frio need to move on and forget about five five for this year. He's only played the six games, and and it, and it's not him that's got the that, you know it's got the team into the finals. It's the hard work of all the other guys, and um, so I think he should just um, yeah forget about playing and and try and get back to being healthy um, next year. But also too, I think with five, I think he tries to transform his body too many times. You know, he's doing this, he's doing that, and he's bulking up and, and he's unbulking, and and that could do a lot of damage to to tissue and that too. I think, oh, um, not oh, not that I've. No, I, I, no, I think you're onto something because he's, he certainly is massive above his waist, isn't he? Now and that's going to put a lot of strain, I guess. He would be doing the work also, you know, to strengthen the the lower the thighs, the hamstrings, mm. the car. He'd be doing all of that. He's a he's a big man. He's so disciplined. He, he's so one of these sorts of people that seems to crave exercise. He just loves it, and he's because he's such an elite athlete. But he's he's so self driven. He's more likely to be he, – he, he could be a brilliant individual sports person, you know, the, anything that's got uh, the elite level of challenge, but he has to apply that to a team game. Where I reckon he has been injury and suspect below the waist, particularly in the hamstrings, as this persistence with him as a forward, it's very different. I, and we've discussed it before, Peter, to be on a lead – double back, go again on another lead, to hold the lead at full pace, full tilt, reach out, grab, take a possession, take a mark or grab on the lead, pull up, turn around, gather your breath, have a shot for goal. That in itself has been a bit of an injury risk for mine as well. And he did a lot of that last Saturday morning in their match simulation. They didn't look for him. They were going to lob all the time. They were going, they were going to any, any other option. Fife's amount of leading last Saturday morning was over and over and over again to be ignored. It's not surprising he's pulled up a bit sore, perhaps sure. in the hammies as it is. Anyway, that's a management thing that they'll have to look to. But so I'm with you, Lisa. I, I think he's changed his body a bit too much. But I think it was a case of need to because he was concerned, so concerned about the shoulder. I've got to have it stronger to cop the buffeting as a midfielder. And that uh, now his body's a bit, you know, it, it's a bit out of shape for 
an explosive sort of forward, and that's about the only place he can play. I don't mm. think he's real value to them around the midfield anymore. And uh, something else, Lise? I was just going to say, it's better, it was, well, it's not better for him or for the team, but for that to happen in training and, and not on the actual day, or, you know, on Saturday night. Yeah. So I think they've sort of dodged a bullet there. Um, yeah, I heard this early this morning that a Brownlow medalist is um, supposedly wanting out of um, the team or the club and moving to another club, which is St Kilda. Yeah, well... And uh, the only one that I... Tom Mitchell, uh, yeah, Tom Mitchell, you're probably yeah. referring to because it's yeah. actually come out in the media in Melbourne uh, on a uh, television news service reporting allegedly that Tom Mitchell is seeking a trade out of Hawthorne. Hags, you, you've got a bit on that? Oh, Alistair Clarkson, the, the <laughs> three-time, four-time Hawthorne Premiership coach, three times in this last decade. Yeah. Uh, he's hot on to trying to fill up his stocks at North Melbourne. So if Tom Mitchell's on the move... Oh, you would you would have to assume, and I'm prepared to guarantee that Alistair Clarkson is behind it. Alistair Clarkson is speaking to Brad Hill to get him out of St Kilda, to take him to North Melbourne. He's speaking to Brodie Grundy now. He's joined the race for Brodie Grundy, who's going to be leaving Collingwood. And I, the best I've been able to ascertain is that he will be leaving Collingwood. Melbourne mm. have been into it. Melbourne have been very public in saying they look at backup because they looked at Brodie Grundy because they assumed they were losing Luke Jackson. We have a new stand on that. Luke Jackson is now considering a two-year contract to stay at Melbourne. And there's you look at the sums there, bigger money for two years to stay at Melbourne, the best Melbourne can offer him. Sean Darcy's out of contract in two years' time and becomes a, a restricted free agent. So it would tie in there. There's a bit of a cover for Fremantle. And Luke Jackson, if he's clever and his management is clever, so well, stay at Melbourne who've looked after you for two more years. They'll give you some guarantee of letting you go. Let's wait and see also West, where West Coast is in two years' time. Have they risen? Is their offer still appealing and attractive to us, to you, in two years' time? But So North Melbourne with Alistair Clarkson. I reckon Alistair Clarkson is trying to get a player or two or three or four from three or four different clubs. Mitchell, Hill, Grundy, Griffin Logue from Fremantle, and getting those four, three or four or five players as he tops up, putting them in with his kids, North Melbourne can bounce back pretty quickly because they'll have a good draw. The AFL will look after them. And I reckon Alistair Clarkson is looking at a repeat of history from the blueprint that Ron Barassi put together at North Melbourne. Right in the in 1970s. On oh, 1970s. In 1972. When they came and won the premiership. In 1972, Peter. North Melbourne finished last with one win for the sea, one and 21 on the season. From 1973 to 74, they went to sixth in 73 under Barassi, second, premiership, runners-up, premiership, runners-up, third and fifth, Barassi retired. Barassi went and recruited, to, to start his run, he recruited the likes of Malcolm Blight, Doug Wade out of Geelong, Barry Davies, from Essendon yep. as captain, yep. Barry Cable, mm -hmm. Mick Moylan, and Barry Cable maintains that the galloping gasometer, the huge yeah, big man, massive. 130 kilos, the heaviest player to ever play in the AFL, Barry Cable always maintained he was the best palm ruckman he ever played with. And look what – I reckon it's a, it's a repeat of that endeavour. 50 years on. Yep, from 1973 
Wow. Till 1980. Clarkson wants to build and he wants to repeat what Barassi did. Now, there's a bit of guesswork in that, but it's just looking very similar. Mm. He's after players, and I keep getting told by people in the industry that are part of, you know, like the likes of player agents and their management and they help handle players. Clarkson, is, he's actually been talking to some of these players firsthand, direct, yeah. not, not even going through. He's looking to put them together. I reckon Brad Hill, Tom Mitchell will be players he's chasing, as well as Brody Grundy now. Good on you, Lee. Thanks for your call. There you go. Hager's giving you the full oil on that. The Luke Jackson thing intrigues mm. me. Mm. He was basically signed, sealed, and almost delivered to Fremantle. And in the last and week... Fremantle thought that too. Yeah, and all of a sudden then West Coast have become a player. And now all of a sudden, Melbourne are back in the mix. So I'm thinking, hang on, and I'm thinking out loud here, Fremantle trying to release money and free money up for Luke Jackson, hence exiting the likes of Logue and Akers and all these other players. And all of a sudden, he may not come. Mm. So Look, what what sort of conundrum are they involved with at the moment? If all of a sudden these players then commit, Luke Jackson doesn't come, and they were out with players that they could have used next year. Yeah. Well, certainly, L- L- Lobs, Lobs, been, Lobs are going. He wants to go. Fair he enough. Wa- He's and, gone. And at the end of last season, when he didn't get to GWS, he still had two years to go on his contract. Yeah. Freeman, my understanding is that Peter Bell and Justin Longmuir said, look, you didn't get your deal. Put up and shut up. Have a good year with us in 2022, and we'll help you. Go. We'll let you go at the end of 2022. Mm. He's going to the Bulldogs. We know that. We've been yeah. saying that. Yeah. Four-year deal. Blake Akers is a lock for Carlton. What about Freo come back? Sense that they won't get Jackson, and they come back with a better deal. Uh, I'm not sure they can, they can't come back with better deals for Lob and Acres because they're very good deals uh, that their Lob's management gone. have got. Lob's gone. Acres is gone. Acres is going to Carlton. Griffin Logue also on the market for uh, the likes of North Melbourne. Griffin Logue is be the one that they might keep. I don't think he really actually wants to leave Fremantle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but. If it's a much better deal at, say, a North Melbourne or Sydney, particularly North Melbourne, North Melbourne's hot on the radar for Griffin Logue. So there's a number of the boys okay. on the move. Uh, Mike from Palmyra says, Hi, Hackers. Based on your news on Jackson, if Frio miss out on him, do they keep Meek, which is an interesting story, you've got a bit of news yeah. on that, and throw yeah. money at someone like Logan McDonald? Oh, I mean, that's down the track. Logan McDonald's uh, he's signed contract. For a of years. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's quite satisfied at. Uh, Where's Lloyd uh, Meek at? Lloyd Meek, my understanding is that he's indicated to Justin Longmuir. He's, he's going to shop at, around. He's looking at his options, okay. yeah. And we know that he's hot on West Coast radar because West Coast want that particular backup ruckman, if not even a lead ruckman, because of the doubts on Nick Nat and Newey. Uh, and certainly he's, he's seeking more regular senior outings. Is uh, Lloyd Meek. So, and my understanding is he's, he's actually indicated that to Justin Longmuir. But also, as you say, Peter, that's because everybody in the industry has been pretty hell-bent on Luke Jackson's going to Fremantle. Mm, mm. That's, uh, and Fremantle are balking and worrying that they're not going to get Luke Jackson now because of West Coast's deal, West Coast's ability to trade more, uh, more compatibly with Melbourne. They've got what Melbourne are going to insist on for uh, Luke Jackson. But uh, the the likes of the Lloyd Meek one, I mean, he he has to look around. He's played what he's I think he's played six games this season. Rounds one, two, and three. Round seven, round twelve, round twenty three. 
He, he can't get yeah, a regular game, so enough. he has to look. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, and Spewy down there in Bustleton uh, says, absolutely, Libba is a bigger out than Fife. Libba has played every game this season. Good on you, Spewy. Must be your nickname down there in Busso. We're going to take a break. Come back with more in a moment. Dusty Martin, of course, will play tomorrow night. He's in for Richmond. We'll have a look at the Lions and the Tigers team. Plus, we'll continue talking about the issues here on Drive with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, welcome back. Uh, one thing that I'd like you to react on the temper of bet here, text line 0487 736 736. Who are the two key players for Fremantle? On Norman Cowell, listening mm. on 1611, I think Frederick and Brayshaw are two of the most important players this week. And Walters and Schultz, um, being a wet weather game, need to be true small forwards and snag four goals each. There you go, Norm. Uh, good call. Um, I, Frederick, Walters, Schultz, all forwards, clearly going to be critical. I'm not so sure it'll be wet, uh, Norm, but being a night game, given, I think, how the Bulldogs have to try and curb Fremantle's strength, and that's therefore it could be a ground ball mm. game. But I think also one of the areas that I've got in my notes where I, I find the Bulldogs really vulnerable and where Fremantle can get an advantage is exactly as Norm said, the crumbing small forwards if they can't take their marks. If Lobb – we don't know if Tabin is playing. I don't think Tabin will play. No, I, think I don't think Lobb, So it does become a bit more of a ground-level game, but you'd need Lobb in particular to take, you know, four or five or six uncontested on-the-lead marks, present up – and the ball running smoothly to him, kicked out in front, he takes it in the hands or on the chest, he's in front of his defender. Because an area where I see the Bulldogs as vulnerable is their leaky defence. And and the Bulldogs leak 82 points a game. They, they rank about, uh, I, I think in terms of defence, they rank something like 13th. And the likes of, you know, Zane Cordy, Alex Keith, I think I think they could be got mm. by, West, by Fremantle's better forwards if they're at their best because I don't think it'll be wet. I don't think it'll be no. wet. I think they'll be able to hold it. But I, I, the most important player, you've said Brayshaw, I think he sets a tone. You've said Sarong and Norm has named, uh, you know, three or four or five uh, Fremantle players here and they've he said, you know, they're one of. The most important for mine is that, and I've got it in my uh, match sort of conditions, I think Sean Darcy has to have a really good yeah. game because Tim English is in the form of his short career and, and he runs around the ground like a, like a ruck rover. He, he's another midfielder. Sean doesn't do that. So he's got to be accountable enough, I think, to curb English. They'll probably share each other at the taps, the hit outs and, uh, and, and some clearances, but English gets good clearances. He runs with the ball. They run forward with the ball. That, that's an area. One of the mm. most important players in the game for Fremantle is Sean Darcy against uh, Tim English. And I'd to throw one. I know we've spoken about Brayshaw and Sarong, but a player for me when Fremantle were up and going and they were playing some really enterprising, exciting footy, and he was getting a fair share of it for me is Will Brody. Yeah. Yeah, when, and when, good clearances as yeah, well. Yeah, and then of but course, yeah. and then they tried to change his role a bit. And well, when, got, when Nathan Five came correct, back, and it didn't work, mm. it didn't work. So I think if Will Brody can get the amount of footy that he got, particularly in the first half of the season, uh, in the final on Saturday night, then I think the Eagles, I mean Eagles, I think the Dockers are on their way to winning that yeah. game. Yeah, and you know who else is, is I think unheralded uh, for the type of season they've had 
has been the consistency of David Mundy to assist. Mm. Like he starts on the bench, I think pretty much even after each break, but certainly every match he starts on the bench. He's part of that, road, that, that midfield rotation group of Brayshaw and Sarong and Brody. They're, they're pretty much the only ones that go into the centre square. Every now and again, a Walter sneaks up for a, a centre circle restart, but they're the main ones. And I think, I think the Bulldogs have got a deeper midfield. And they've got some blokes that are really dangerous with when they do run the ball. And one of the ones I reckon is is Craig McRae, is um, Jack McRae, and he he is their biggest ball winner. He's uh, over the season, and he he he's the most uh, influential in terms of clearances. He's another six or seven clearances a game man, like Liberatore. But I think he could be really important with no Liberatore. But he's a second rece- second possession receiver. Usually it's a Liberatore or a Dunkley or a Bontempelli that gets it out to McRae. He bursts and gets away. I think they've also got to show a lot of attention to McRae around the stoppages. Get hold of him and Fremantle again, also well on the way to winning it. But I, I reckon Sean Darcy has a huge role to play. Okay, uh, give us your thoughts on that. Let's look at the game tomorrow night. Gets underway at 5.20 our time. It is Brisbane against Richmond. Mm-hmm. And a lot has been said about the Richmond uh, ability to score heavy tomorrow when you've got the likes of Jack Revolt and, of course, Tommy Lynch. Dustin Martin will be there. Morris Rioli, Jaden Short, Shy Bolton, who's having a, a standout season. And this is what, just briefly, Chris Fagan said about combating that Richmond forward line. You know, the first thing is you've got to try and win the, the, uh, the contested ball uh, battle. That's always very important. Uh, you've got to set up your team defence uh, really well. And the other thing you've got to do is concentrate yourself on scoring, and we're pretty good at that ourselves too. I think we might be second to them just, yep. and I, they might have only just passed us in the last home and away game. So we've got a similar threat for them as, as they have from us. Darcy Wilmot, is he playing tomorrow night? Uh, we've, got to, we've got to make that decision. We, we had to have a look at Cal Archie last week because he missed a few weeks with the concussion. He played three quarters in the reserves and got through and played pretty well. So it'll come down to a decision between those two boys. Uh, well, we can tell you that uh, the team has been announced, and Darcy Wilmot, uh, you heard that question there, is actually listed on the interchange, and uh, Callum Archie is listed as an emergency. So saying that, that surprised me actually a bit regarding Brisbane Lions forward line, uh, second to Richmond. Oh, no, they've, 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 they've faded a bit in recent uh, weeks, Peter. They, they were the trendsetters. They were the freest scoring, biggest scoring mm. team in the competition for the bulk of the season. Uh, but but that, Joe Danaher, I wouldn't rely on no, all my eggs in no, his basket. Let's go to Mike at Ellenbrook, who's given us a call. Hello, Mike. How are you? Good evening, gentlemen. I'd just like to uh, say that the centre line for Fremantle is pretty important in Saturday's game. Yep. Because those three players across there have to collectively pick up at least 50 kicks. And uh, if that's the case, they probably poke 25 into the forward line. And halve that with shots of goals. They've got at least 12 to 13 or 14 goals on the board, and that's almost a winning score. So uh, I think those three, three fellas across the centre line have got a fair bit on their plate. So Akers, Brace, or Aish you know, has, has been mm. pretty consistent, but Akers and Aish as the wingers. See, I think Aish ultimately might become a, a dual-purpose player as well. Um, so that might, uh, Mick from Ellenbrook, I, I, I see Aish perhaps as someone that could run with Bailey Smith or even Jack McRae, which would mean that he'd be either a wing or, or from the wing picking them up as they burst from congestion mm. if he doesn't go in for the centre square. If you want Brayshaw, Brody, and Sarong in there more consistently and then Mundy's another one who gets his turn in the centre square, 
Aish on a Bailey Smith, for instance, or even if Bailey Smith goes in for a centre square uh, restart, then Aish could go with him. But certainly Akers on the outside. See, Lachlan Hunter is another one who gets pretty free. He's another one who likes that free ball, the hand pass. The likes of the uh, Hunter, Dunkley, Smith, McRae, Bontempelli, they all hand pass two or three or four times as they burst and spread and then go forward. But one of the problems with the Bulldogs is that they bomb the ball too much as well. They bomb it long, and that will suit Fremantle's yeah, defenders. Hopefully for also, the big mark yeah. of uh, Norton but, uh, so and Bruce. I, I'm with him on the on the, yeah. on the the centre liners, but uh, certainly Akers and Aish have to be defensive as well, a bit like, say, an Ed Langdon, mm. who's had a good season with Melbourne. Good on you, Mick. Thanks for the call, mate. Uh, you're a Dockers man. Oh, no, mate, just the West Australian sides. Good so, on you, mate. I hope, yeah. I hope they go all right. Well, yeah. I appreciate yeah. your call, mate. Thanks for listening Thanks, to Mick. the Drive program here on SENWA. It is. And we're talking they're broader than just the centre square midfielders, aren't we? And that's where I think Fremantle have got a good depth. But the Bulldogs have got a lot of experience around some of their playmakers as well. But they'll all have to play a little bit more, uh, I suppose, without Liberatore. Mm. He's a huge loss. I tell you what's going to be intriguing for me. Dane Zorko tomorrow night. Mm, yeah, good call. Uh, the captain for the Brisbane Lions. How much attention will he get from Richmond? Okay, we know that uh, it's played out now, and he was the only one that was really named, even though there was uh, speculation that he copped a bit of ugly treatment from maybe uh, a few Melbourne players, but it's never really gone any further. So, you know, Dane Zorka tomorrow night, mentally, how will he go? How will he handle it at all? There'll be mm. talk about him leading into the game. There'll be talk about him by the host broadcasters every time he gets near the ball. So he's, he's not going to hear any of that. No, but I'm saying he'll subconsciously be knowing every time I get near the ball, they'll be commenting about nah. something I did. So well, psychologically, I'm just wondering how he's going to get himself up for what is a very important game. And he is the leader of the team. If you're a tough nut, which he it is. Would, it, would, it would help be a motivator, yeah. I would suggest. You could you could just think of a, a lot of people that we've, even at our levels of sport, you've played with some of those people that uh, just, they're a troublemaker, they say something, they get in a bit of trouble, but uh, once they put their, their jumper back on the next week or their shirt back on the next week, you can trust them emphatically. What, what I think is significant out of this Brisbane team, we've touched on, and we've been saying it for weeks, that Joe Danaher can't be relied on. I no. mean, he's, Hipwood can't be relied on. And yet they're their two key forwards. Conversely, I think you can rely on Tom Lynch and you can rely on Jack Rewalt and you're certainly going to be able to rely on Dustin Martin. I I, I don't – even though he's missed so much footy, Peter, uh, I just think he could be a real uh, impact player for Richmond, probably not playing much in through the centre square, mainly forward. But a couple of omissions that have hit me on seeing these teams, which are critical, Jared Lyons – out of the Brisbane team, mm-hmm. just says injured. Well, I haven't heard anything about that all week. Uh, Rainer suspended. Noah Answorth suspended. Well, they're two tough nuts as well. Uh, Lyons is a tough nut. Lyons is someone who could have played some kind of a midfield defensive running role uh, around a Cochin mm. uh, or a Prestia. But him out, that's a huge out. But I'm also surprised, and I don't think this will happen. There's no way Shane Edwards, who's listed as just an emergency and omitted from the Richmond team, he doesn't not play tomorrow night. Shane Edwards, he's been one of their playmakers all season. Uh, so someone's coming out of that Richmond team, I reckon. There's no way known Shane Edwards is not going to play. Okay, uh, Jimmy's just saying uh, Lions reportedly has got a Thanks, bit of a Jim. groin problem. So there you go. We're going to take a break. I want to ask you about Junior Rioli, what the latest yeah. is with him, because yeah. there's been a lot a of speculation. There. Is it Port Adelaide? Is he staying at the West Coast? Is he heading to Richmond? Uh, Eagles fans will get the latest on Junior Rioli next here on Drive, all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. 
Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Uh, in the time remaining, which is about four minutes, uh, we said we'd mention it. By the way, uh, this update, and we've been keeping you right up to date, it's all been thanks to Tyre Power. Buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at Tyre Power. All the uh, breaking news uh, and certainly speculation that's going around, all brought to you by Tyre Power. Here's something uh, more. What, what have you latest on Junior Rioli? Well, uh, West Coast continue to wait for a decision from uh, Junior uh, Willie Junior Rioli, don't they, on, on the new contract. He's had the contract uh, on his table for, for weeks, several weeks. In fact, it'll be into months. So Rioli, 27 years of age, 51 games with West Coast. So he's balking at this three-year extension. But <laughs> player agents have said to me, if a bloke's not signed by this time of the year, they're going. As recent as this afternoon, I got some indication, Peter, that Willie Rioli has said to some of his Eagles teammates, because the boys are all having their exit meetings, they call yeah. them, with the coach and the coaching staff. He has said he's probably going to sign the contract he's got from West Coast. Probably. But he's working through a few things. Now, my understanding is that working through a few things is not so much financial. It's clauses that he's got in his contract about behaviour and fitness must reach levels of fitness. Now, also to extend that, so Willie Rioli Borking has said as recently as the last day or so, I'll probably sign it and stay at West Coast, which would end any chance of going to Richmond Port or to Adelaide. Port Adelaide, yep. where West Coast could pick up a good trade. You'd get a good trade for Willie Rioli, I would mm. think. Mm. So you'd get some more picks, you'd get in young players again. West Coast, I reckon, are looking at about six to eight delistings overall. You know, and three or four of those are, are evident. You know, Shepard and jo- – so Brad Shepard and Josh yeah. Kennedy come off West Coast list, but so too do two or three or four other players that have only just been there for this one season. And then they bring in youth. For Willie Rioli, you could get a good draft pick somewhere, you know, in the 30s, I reckon, maybe from Richmond and uh, or, or Port if he went there. But it looks as though he, he's indicated to teammates, I'll probably sign this contract – He's balking at some requirements for fitness levels and behaviour. But all the boys are being told in their fi- in their departure meetings with the coach, Adam Simpson, that you have to be fit up next year. The whole program is going to be about you being fit. It's been a bit unfair because even some of the boys that have worked their backside off, unlike some of the older fat blokes and even some of the younger fat blokes like Ryan and Rioli, they're, they're also being told you have to be fitter. And they're finding that a bit strange. Hang on, me have to be fitter? What about the blokes that are unfit yeah. and fat? All right, let's just quickly go a couple of final uh, text messages. Um, uh, from Ray, Lob is contracted for 2023, so Frio do not have to deal with anyone, Kim. But they know he wants out. And point, he's, they've, they've given him a guarantee that yeah. he's going. Rory Lobb, so who's, what name was on that? Uh, Ray. Ray. Rory Lobb's going to the Western yeah. Bulldogs. And he doesn't want to stay in Perth uh, for personal reasons. He wants to get out of Perth and well, go to Melbourne. his partner's in Melbourne. His partner's yeah. da- um, Steve Rochester's yeah. daughter. I saw a photo. She must have been over in Perth last week because they went yeah. out. Uh, she's, she goes up to his hip. That's how tall she is. She must be a very <laughs> tall fellow. No, he's a tall man. Yeah. <laughs> the first quarter in the Fremantle game is the key. This is Simon at Claremont. Freo have only won three of their last 12 first quarters. Quarters. Mm, mm. I'm hoping finals footy and the adrenaline can turn this stat around. It's do or die now. Simon Claremont, yeah, you've done your stats. So in his opinion, well, they've it, only won three of their last 12 first quarters. And even even scoring is a concern. Fremantle ranked 12th for goals scored. 
at 11 a game. The Bulldogs are fifth at 13 a game. So all their, even their scoring, their forward line, their 50-metre entries, they're all a problem. They have to have cherry ripe for Saturday night to be able to beat the Bulldogs. Your four winners? Uh, Richmond, I think, tomorrow night. I'm, two minds on Melbourne, and I think Melbourne. Melbourne because it's the MCT Sydney. over Sydney. Geelong over Collingwood. Be close. The game of the weekend, I reckon. And I think Fremantle should beat the Bulldogs, particularly without Liberatore now on Saturday night. Tomorrow, uh, you'll be there watching it uh, and listening to it. Haggers, you'll be back on Monday. Boy, oh boy, have we got to talk about a lot on Monday after the four finals. I'll be back early tomorrow because we are broadcasting the final tomorrow night from the Gabba. Join me from 2 o'clock in the hour leading up to the run home. Thanks, boys.